You're listening to The Signal Cafe, and this is part two of our interview with Henry Latham. In this episode, we're going to focus on agile anti-patterns and why agile theory doesn't always translate into the results that you're hoping to achieve. You got into the accelerator, and you were working with mentors, and you started running sprints, and you started doing agile and learning about lean startup thinking and agile thinking, and it was good, but it didn't work perfectly. I mean, everybody's doing agile, right? Agile is a huge buzzword. Lean startup is everywhere. Agile is everywhere. And it works some places and it, and it doesn't work others in others. And I've read a bunch of your blogs and watched your YouTube videos on anti-agile or agile, you know, why it doesn't work. What are, what are some of, talk a little bit more in detail about Agile methodologies, what do you think it is in a nutshell, and why do a lot of teams miss the mark when trying to do Agile, or be Agile, rather? Yeah, 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 sure, this is, uh, I'm sorry, I always struggle, because the book's like 350 pages, so I'm always trying to, how do I condense that? This is chapters 8 through 12. I don't know. Yeah, so I'll try, no, no, it's all good. It's, um, yeah, I mean, this is why this is why the book is long, actually, because for me, it's, it touches upon a few variables but all of which are very important so the first point is really that um the main problem i see is that the theory of agile does not translate into practice so essentially a theory of agile which again everyone uses you know it's a, it is a buzzword right is it generally speaking there are four four points in the, the original agile, agile manifesto but the main points are really like that you need to make decisions based on the user and the user needs. Assumption there is obviously, if you, if you provide user value for the user, you will provide value to your business, right? So if they love the product, they're gonna pay for the product. Second thing is this, um, is that you need to adapt um, as new information comes in, right? So as you launch your first product, what do you do based on the feedback? What used to happen is with Waterford, you'd stick to the original plan regardless of how things are going which is why um, I think it's 7% of companies, sorry, projects that follow waterfalls succeed because, because you simply cannot predict what the market wants, what the user wants, you know, what other competitors may appear, et cetera. So, so on one side, um, sorry, so the, that is the theory of Agile, right, is, is make user-based decisions and adapt. So that makes, again, makes huge sense. And, and you know, the core of my book is really how do you actually do that? Right, so that is the theory, but in practice, what we tend to see is a focus on efficiency and not on impact. So again, why I hammer home the point about this 80-hour week is it's completely absurd because at the end of the day, the user doesn't care how much work has gone into something. Yeah, they, they just sim- yeah, exactly. They do not give a shit if you did an 80-hour week. They only value. They they only care about like what specific value you are delivering to them, right? And therefore it doesn't make sense to, to, to just simply get more done. And obviously, the, the, like the, the theoretical standpoint of that, like people agree, if you talk to anyone in product, if you said, yeah, you know, well, getting lots of stuff done doesn't make sense if you're not delivering va- in value. Everyone agrees with you, as they agree with Agile in theory. Problem is in practice that teams, because product is very difficult, they default to a metric of efficiency. Right, so we have agile you know, as a philosophy, and um, most t- teams will practice some form of like Scrum, i.e., 
we, we don't, you don't even need to, need to go into complexity of it, but essentially, right, you have a to-do list of things, you define them, you work on them, and then they're done. So every team, because we, we work like that and we track how, how many tasks we're getting done, you know, how many hours went into each task, did we complete the task at the end of the week we said we would do at the beginning of the week? Because that is the metric that most teams um, judge themselves on. We default to that metric because firstly, it's simple. Secondly, it's visible. And it's, it's again, a lot it's, easier to track story points than customer value, especially if you don't have the the mechanisms in place to get the right feedback from the user on that value or, or measuring the right analytics or, or whatever the case exactly. may be. Or even any analytics. I mean, it is absurd <laughs> the amount of companies that I've had this conversation a lot of times where you come in and, you know, everyone's like, yeah, we're getting like loads of stuff done. And then, then you just simply point out, well, what, what, you know, what, what happened? Like, what was the out, you know, what was the outcome of it? And then someone will go, well, we haven't, you know, we didn't really like think about that. But how do you, how can you adapt to information if you're not getting any information, right? If you don't know what your users are doing, you know, whether through its analytics data or simple conversations with them, or even looking at feedback tickets, right? Um, so yeah, the, the first main point I see, the big error, is that teams just start defaulting towards efficiency. Sorry, to, yeah, to a metric of efficiency. Let's get lots of stuff done. Um, for various reasons, I'm going to the book, but mainly, as I said, because it's easier. Easy in terms of it, it's more visual, you know, you don't have to think strategically. But secondly, this really is the core of the book, is that to execute based on outcome, right, to always be thinking, like, is this going to have a big impact? Is this going to have a big impact? It's, what it did you say? Execute based on what? On uh, impact. So, yeah, gotcha. What is the work we're doing going to deliver value to the user? The problem there is that there is a psychological toll that comes with impact-driven decision-making because you know this is why anxiety and depression is so high amongst entrepreneurs because you have to be constantly thinking strategically it's much easier it's very easy and relaxing to define it at the beginning of the week or you know beginning of two weeks cool here's a list mentally you know, switch off your brain for the next two weeks just execute on it um so it is very difficult mentally to constantly be thinking about you know i have this with scribe in the book i'm so I'm generally very good at managing this with, you know, things like meditation journaling, but you have these anxieties and, you know, thoughts and revisiting things, which you actually have to do because you you have to be revising your thoughts based on all this new information coming constantly. So, so as I said, it, it, it requires a different mindset. And that is why the, the theory that makes complete sense. But when it comes into contact with reality, most people just, you know, freak out or shut down or, or, you know, avoid the problem and just go like, okay, let's just get more shit, more stuff done because that's going to solve the problem, rather right. than facing the very difficult question of, you know, we need to, you know, hit, you know, whatever we need to deliver some value for users first and quickly, and then we need to get them to pay for this product for us to survive long term. So this is really the core of the book, and I break it into three sections: is, is you know, yes, you need to follow a, a Ideally, a lean startup approach is statistically the, the most effective approach. That, um, but to apply that and to be constantly thinking strategically and revisiting, and you know, as I said, moving away from this model of getting more stuff done to actually having impact, 
you really have to not only change the team culture, but how you make decisions as an individual. Okay, I love that. And and I think that there's a lot more to that. And I don't know how much you can give away today. Uh, no, no, outside no, the, book, the but... whole outline of the book. <laughs> Very happy. So I, I want to summarize a couple things and tell me if, tell me if if this is right. But it, it sounds like some of the metrics around efficiency and total work delivered uh, are totally missing the mark, right? If, if it's about value and if it's about impact, then the actual prioritization of your backlog is so crucial to the amount of value that it's actually delivered. You can't say how many issues did we complete, how many tasks were checked off, but rather did we put the highest value, most impactful issues and user stories and whatever you want to call them at the top of the to-do list to make sure that we're delivering the most impact, delivering the most value. Another thing that I think is should be pretty self-evident, but especially for entrepreneurs and like solo entrepreneurs, you really have to play all of those roles. You have to play the role of product owner to make sure that you are prioritizing your list of things to do. I have like three Trello boards that I use to try to manage my website and podcast. And yeah. it's easy to take all of my brain dumps on paper and make those cards on my Trello board and then start at the top. But what's harder and maybe less gratifying is going through those and saying, I've got 50 things that I've written down that I need to do. Maybe I don't need to, there's this one that's like, I'm supposed to make a retina logo of my logo that's double the size or half the size or something. And, and I finally just moved that to done and said, I'm not gonna do that. I, I don't even know what the point yeah. is, um, but I do know what the point is of three of these other things. And I need to move those to the top. Um, you're also being the scrum master and, and actually having to say, now is the time for backlog grooming, right? Now is the time for, um, having a retrospective and stepping back. Um, and I think it, it, somebody that is a mentor of mine really talks about working in the business and working on the business. And I think that that's the difference between checking the task boxes moving the trello cards and doing the work to say what is the focus right what, what how does this need to be prioritized and that's yeah. so important thanks for listening to part two of our interview with henry latham in part three we'll cover what it takes to shift the focus from efficiency to impact by improving your decision making ability and that of your team if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes and check out the show notes at signal.cafe forward slash five.